Thursday, January 25th, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City, Denver, Colorado. You know, we talk sports every single weekday, and we try to do it with a dose of common sense. We try not to take ourselves too seriously, try to mix in a little bit of humor, maybe make you laugh once or twice. We are very, very happy to have you with us today. Happy Thursday to you. We are slowly but surely making our way to another Friday, another weekend. Granted, doesn't look like a great sports weekend coming up. We have that off week before the Super Bowl that is always dreadful. Never fear. We'll find something to talk about tomorrow on the show. You know, if you would like to connect to the show, we would love to hear from you. You can email us, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or reach out to us over on Twitter or Facebook. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. Maybe you have a suggestion. Maybe you have some feedback for the show. You might have some feedback for the show after today. You might need some advice. We would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out. You know, we've got a lot to get to today. We have a number of things coming out in the world of sports that we want to discuss. And as usual, on Thursdays, we have our Daily Dose Overreactions of the Week, where we look at some of the biggest stories being fed to us by the sports media world. And then, well, we usually point and kind of laugh at those stories because they're not usually worth our time. Plus, today is a very special national day of the year that you might not be aware of. We are going to be celebrating today here on The Daily Dose couple things coming out in the world of sports. Probably the biggest news story that has come out in the world of sports is that Chipper Jones and Jim Tomei were both elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in their first year of eligibility. Vladimir Guerrero and Trevor Hoffman also did get in. It was announced on Wednesday. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, I guess it's it's something. Some new players got in. Bottom line is this. We're all still waiting to see what the Baseball Hall of Fame is going to do with all the steroid guys, right? Like we're all just sitting around saying, Okay, well, what about the steroid guys? Because we know they're all out there. We know Clemens and Bonds and those guys are just sitting there waiting. And what's the Baseball Hall of Fame doing? Just kind of pretending they don't exist? You can't ignore that era. I know that's what we want to do, but you can't ignore that era. We talked about it last week. Hey, we have the solution. If you guys would just listen to the Daily Dose, you could figure out exactly what to do with these guys. There were a few other guys out there that were close, didn't quite make it. Edgar Martinez just missed. Mike Mussina, of course, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Kurt Schilling, Omar Vizquel, Larry Walker, former Colorado Rocky. Larry Walker did not make it again. Not sure when the Baseball Hall of Fame is just going to own it and admit it and deal with the whole steroid situation, but they're going to have to do it at some point, aren't they? Ex-Team USA gymnastics doctor Larry Nasser was just sentenced up to 175 years in prison yesterday in a Michigan courtroom. Yes, yes, I think that's needed. I think we should cheer for that. You know, more than 150 women and girls came forward to accuse him of sexual abuse. The Daily Dose's favorite judge, Judge Rosemarie Aquilina, dropped this line. I just signed your death warrant before announcing Nasser's fate. You did this for your pleasure and your control. You have not yet owned what you did, that you still think somehow you are right, that you are a doctor, that you are entitled, that you don't have to listen. I wouldn't send my dogs to you, sir. That is from Judge Aquilina. Telling you, she doesn't pull any punches. She went on, there has to be a massive investigation as to why there was inaction, why there was silence. Justice requires more than what I can do on this bench. And then she dropped that sentence on him. You know, there are a number of people, especially at Michigan State, where Nasser was employed, they had to be aware of something going on there. They had to have turned a blind eye to it. You know, I don't want to go witch hunt. 
I know that we saw some of that a little bit at Penn State, just condemning everyone at once, condemning people that weren't even involved. We kind of saw that. But if they can prove that people knew something and didn't act, yeah, those people need to be brought up on charges as well. Because these are innocent girls that were taken advantage of. And they were taken advantage of by someone that was in a position of authority. Horrible, horrible story coming out. Glad to see that that judge did drop the hammer on Nasser, though. You know, Oakland Raiders quarterback Derek Carr said yesterday that he wants new head coach John Gruden to be hard on him. At Pro Bowl practice yesterday, Carr told ESPN, I want him to be really hard on me because I want to win. He can pat me on the back and tell me he loves me, which he does and he will. But at the same time, I want him to be hard on me. And let's talk about, hey, if we grade out at 90%, let's talk about the 10% I didn't do well. Of course, Carr went through Gruden's ESPN quarterback camp back in 2014 when he was coming out of Fresno State. Now, look, I like Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr could be a player. I like his enthusiasm here. I like the fact that he wants to get better. But let's understand a few things. John Gruden has broken grown men. Remember, Jeff George, Rich Gannon, Jeff Garcia, Brad Johnson, Sean King, Brian Greasy, they have all been left battered and bruised by Gruden. He is notoriously hard on his quarterbacks. Hey, I like what you're saying, young fella. I really do. I'm just warning you, Derek Carr, you might want to discuss a safe word before John Gruden abuses you. You know what I'm saying? Because it's coming and it's going to be rough. Hey, I realize that NBA commissioner Adam Silver is basically been MIA for like the last, I don't know, few years. But Adam Silver may want to make an appearance very, very soon because he is on the verge of having a full-blown epidemic for players in his league to having beef with his employees, otherwise known as the NBA referees. You know, on Tuesday night, Golden State Warriors forward Kevin Durant was ejected late in the Warriors' win over the New York Knicks. Then he accused official James Williams of targeting him during the game. And you know, it seems like every week we have another player accusing a ref of targeting them, of coming after them, of just picking on them, of making calls that don't always make any sense. And some of the calls are atrocious. I'll be very, very honest. You watch the NBA and some of the calls, I look at them and we've talked about it on the show before. I don't know what you're looking at. I mean, some of these calls aren't even in the spirit of the game. Some of them are just bizarre. But I'm telling you right now, Adam Silver had better get a handle on this quickly because here's the deal. The NFL is down a little bit. There aren't great teams. There aren't great quarterbacks. Must-see NFL games are the exception, not the norm. Plus, we've got the head injuries, and we've got the kneeling. My God, the kneeling. Meanwhile, the NBA has a pretty good product in this era right now. They have cleaned up a lot of that old slow down, walk it up, pound it in the paint, foul each other, old 90s Knicks basketball. They've gotten rid of a lot of that. You now have a super team in Golden State. You have a few contenders. You have some very, very popular NBA players. Popularity among kids, it is very, very strong right now. I honestly would say that right now the NBA is more popular with young kids than the NFL is. And I honestly believe that the NBA could be poised to be the next big sports pastime. But do you know where they could get tripped up? Let people start thinking there are integrity issues with this league. Let people start thinking, I'm not sure if your officials are on the up and up. I'm not sure if some of your calls are legitimate calls. Adam Silver had better get his refs on the same page. 
And he had better come together with him and say, hey, here's how we're going to call this. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're not going to do. And then he better back them to the hilt once they do that. And then he better tell the players, the next time you speak out against my officials, I am coming down on you like David Stern or like John Gruden on Derek Carr. Either way, whatever. Having said that, I don't think Adam Silver has the onions to do that. He seems to have disappeared completely since the whole Donald Sterling thing. We really haven't seen him do anything since. You know, the players constantly complaining about the officials. It's a bad, bad look for this league. Your league doesn't need this kind of publicity. You are right there able to take a big step forward. But the next thing you know, people are going to start thinking that you'd suspend a key player for a pivotal NBA Finals game. Oh, wait, we've seen that. Or that you'd call a bunch of fouls on one team so that a big market team could win a playoff game instead of a small market team. Oh, wait, we've seen that too. Okay, well, You know what? Do whatever you want, I guess. But the problem is the NBA could be taking a big step forward, and I don't know that they are. They should be, though. Hey, coming back, you might not be aware, but today is a national day of the year. Oh, and it is a big one, too. We are going to be celebrating when we get back. Okay, so you might not realize it. Don't know if you knew this, but January 25th is National Opposite Day. Opposite Day? Hey, I've heard of that. You have? No. Did you know today was National Opposite Day? Not sure if you knew that. But today on National Opposite Day, I am going to take the time to celebrate just a little bit and make some statements on National Opposite Day. Are we ready? Okay. First and foremost, National Opposite Day. Tom Brady is without question the greatest quarterback who ever lived. And to say otherwise, it's absolutely ludicrous. A little bit more on this later. Another statement we're going to make today here on The Daily Dose. You know, call me crazy, but I like the Pro Bowl. And I really, I like most all all all-star games, really. And while we're on the subject, I also really love Hollywood award shows. They're not pretentious. They're not pathetic at all. I love them. Another statement we're going to make. I am fully confident in John Elway to get a new quarterback for my beloved Denver Broncos. I mean, look at his history. Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon. Why wouldn't I be supremely confident in his ability to bring in a good young quarterback? Hello? Another statement we'll make today. Say what you will about Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, but the guy is a clutch coach who always finds a way to win the close games. You know, here's another thing. I expect Tiger Woods to make a run at a major this year. Dude has taken a ton of time off, and with all that rest and all the rehab he's been doing, there's no doubt he's going to be better this year. I'm expecting it. I'm waiting for it. Another statement we're going to make, I would like to publicly admit my error in the evaluation of Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Blake Bortles. You know, I've seen the light. Took me a while, but I've seen the light. If he is surrounded by a good supporting cast, Blake Bortles is fully and completely capable of carrying a team to a title. That's my bad. I'll own that. That's on me. I'm also super pumped that Major League Baseball spring training is less than a month away. Do you realize that? We've been without baseball for what now? Like five, six weeks? I can't wait to get back to baseball. Can't get enough of that highly exciting action-packed sport. You know, they really should be playing baseball year-round when you think about it. There's no reason we couldn't just have year-round baseball. I mean, I'd be up for it, wouldn't you? Another thing I'd like to say today on this special day, LeBron James and LeVar Ball have absolutely nothing in common in their self-promoting, self-congratulating styles. 
You might think they do. You might think they do. Nope, you'd be wrong. Speaking of LeBron James, he is clearly the greatest basketball player in NBA history. I mean, it only takes athleticism to be a great basketball player. He's the best athlete. Therefore, he's the best basketball player too, right? See? Doing some celebrating today. Doing some celebrating today here on The Daily Dose. Another thing I want to say, you know, I think NFL teams should be sure to draft a quarterback very, very early in the upcoming NFL draft. You know, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, they have no questions about them whatsoever. They are well worth a first-round selection. When I look around at the NFL and I see some of these teams kind of wondering, like, who should we take? Like, we need a quarterback, but we're not exactly sure who should we take. I'm looking at these guys like, you'd be a fool not to take them. They don't have any questions. You have to grab a quarterback as soon as possible every single year if you don't have one. I mean, it takes a franchise kind of guy to win anything in this NFL. We all know that. You can't win without a big name franchise quarterback, without a top draft pick quarterback. You can't win with guys that haven't been taken with a top selection. I mean, look at, you know, like Tom Brady. And look who else is in the Super Bowl. Nick Foles, another big name franchise guy. Prime examples right there. The two guys in the Super Bowl this year, Tom Brady, Nick Foles, both big time franchise high draft pick quarterbacks. Can't win without those kind of guys. That's just how the NFL works. Might not like it, but it's absolutely true. Okay, we have got to get to our Thursday overreactions of the week. Every single week, we like to take a look around the sports world and kind of see what sort of overreactions they might be pushing at us. And it never fails to disappoint because they're always pushing some sort of silly overreaction at us. And sometimes we like to point at those things and just say, That was an overreaction. First and foremost on our overreactions, we've got a few to get to today. Not sure if you saw this, but last weekend, the Houston Rockets beat the Golden State Warriors. And following the game, reporters asked Houston Rockets forward Clint Capella if he felt like the Rockets were better than the Golden State Warriors. Of course, Capella said, of course we are. We're ready to play them in the playoffs. Like, we can't wait for it. And everyone was like, how dare he say that? I mean, the Rockets never do anything. Golden State has won three in a row. How dare he say that? I mean, I guess I understand it, but like, what else is he supposed to say? I know. I'm looking at the situation like it's Clint Capella. Like, what did you expect him to say? So do you think you're better than the Golden State Warriors right now? No. No, my God, no. We're not even close to those guys. I mean, we just beat them, and we're going to play them probably in the postseason. We just played them a few years ago in a knockdown, drag-out series. But no, we're not better than those guys. Wow, they're just on a whole different level than we are. Have you seen them? I mean, we're not even close. What do you expect him to say? I know everyone kind of made a big deal about Capella saying he thought they were better than the worst. Who cares? What is he supposed to say? I don't have an issue with that. Sometimes we lead with these dumb questions, and then we're surprised when they answer. But he didn't really have another answer he could give. Aside from just saying, nope, we're not in that class. I don't know who is, but it's not us. Come on. I also heard, just in the last couple days, we saw the Milwaukee Bucks fire head coach Jason Kidd. And of course, the question is, is that Milwaukee Bucks job a good job? And the first answer is, of course, it's not just a good job. Now, this is being given by some big names in the sports world. This is being given by guys, you know, on TV before the games. And after the games, you know, you know those guys? This is not just a good job in Milwaukee. This is a great job in Milwaukee. You have Giannis Antetokounmpo, 
He's one of the best young players in the NBA. He has such an amazing, bright future. The Milwaukee job isn't just a good job. It's a great job. Well, slow down just a little bit because for one, Giannis's game, as great as it is, does still need some work. And two, you don't have much else. Like there's not a whole lot of other talent there. And three, you have a small market situation there. So as much as you look at this job and say, well, that's a great job. That's a great job. I'm not sure it is because you only have one great player. Got a couple players that could eventually be good. There's no depth whatsoever on this team. And here's the worst thing. Being a small market in just a year, maybe two, the Greek freak, yeah, he could be leaving. Really easy. He could be leaving because he may want to go to a big market. He may want to go to a bigger city and a bigger place. And if that is the case, this is a garbage job. Like if he were to leave, this goes from being, oh, it's such a great job to not just a bad job or an average job. It's a terrible job. You don't want to go anywhere near it. The Milwaukee job could be a good job if you could get some help there. But if you can't get any help and if you can't convince Giannis to stay there, it's a garbage job. Slow down that Milwaukee's such a great job. Not sure I'm buying that completely. Another overreaction that we heard this week, we heard it on Monday after the NFC Championship game. And the Minnesota Vikings, who everyone thought would be the favorite going into that game, actually went out in that game and didn't just get beat. They didn't just get bounced out of the playoffs. They got thumped. And so, of course, hindsight being 2020, we heard a few sports personalities saying this. The Minnesota Vikings should have pulled Case Keenum for Sam Bradford. He has a better arm. He has a quicker release. Bradford would have put more pressure on the Eagles defense than Case Keenum did. Uh, here's the problem with that. Did you see Sam Bradford actually play this year? Like, did you see that Bears game when he literally couldn't compete? I mean, we love to embrace guys that we haven't seen in a long time, don't we? Just like Tiger Woods. Hey, Tiger's been sitting out for a long time. He's going to be really, really good when he comes back. Why? How is he somehow better? We haven't seen Sam Bradford in a while. Hey, Sam Bradford's been out a while. He would be great. You know, he has that great arm. We haven't seen that great arm since he was at Oklahoma. And when I look at that game, and you saw the pressure that Case Keenum was under from the Philadelphia Eagles pass rush, what in the world makes you think Sam Bradford would have done anything better? I mean, you can sit there and say, well, he's got a quicker release. Uh, he can't throw it the second he gets it because that's what he would have needed to do. And the other side of it is, could Sam Bradford have played safety? Because it looked to me like they seemed to need one. I know the Vikings have a decent safety back there. I didn't see him much all day except chasing wide receivers. Unless Bradford could have played safety, I don't want him on the field. That doesn't look like anything I want a part of. Sam Bradford couldn't have helped Minnesota. At all. Case Keenum gave them their best chance to win, and unfortunately, it wasn't a very good chance. Hey, don't forget, early on, Minnesota looked like it might be their day. Case Keenum looked very, very sharp early, and then Philly's pass rush got going. They shut down that running game, and then Case Keenum was running for his life. Sam Bradford wouldn't have helped that one single bit. The last time we saw him, he didn't look like he was able to compete at this level anymore. I wouldn't have much faith in Sam Bradford. Hey, we have one more Thursday overreaction that we've got to get to. It's kind of a big one. It's going to take a little more time. We're going to get to that one right after this. Hey, just a quick reminder, you know you've got to get something for Valentine's Day. That day is coming fast. 
Like, I know when we first started mentioning Valentine's Day to you, you were thinking, oh, yeah, that's a long ways off. Hey, we're less than a month away from Valentine's Day now. You better go get something for that special someone so that you don't have to sleep on that special couch. You might as well head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles featuring your favorite TV shows, movies, and video games. February's Loot Crate theme, it's called Protect. They've got items from Black Panther, Fallout, The Expanse, and Pacific Rim Uprising. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just be sure to enter Daily Dose in that coupon box. We will get you 10% off of your order. And when we know Valentine's Day is a silly holiday to begin with, why are you going to spend huge money on it? Like, go over to Loot Crate, get 10% off of your order, and don't spend all the silly prices and buying the $8 card that you could have wrote yourself. Have a little bit of sense about Valentine's Day, right? It's kind of a goofy holiday anyway. Okay, we have got to get to one more Thursday overreaction of the week. Uh, This is going to be a rough one. Okay, here is the overreaction, and we're hearing it literally turn on your TV, turn on your radio, turn on anything. You're going to hear it everywhere you listen. I heard from a couple listeners about this, in fact. They even wrote to me and said one of two things. I heard from a couple listeners that said, I'm sick of hearing this, And then I heard from one listener that said, how dare you not agree with this? Here is the overreaction that we've got to talk about. Tom Brady is the greatest athlete slash quarterback slash human being of all time. Whatever you want to throw in there. Another trip to the Super Bowl just proves it. He's now playing for his sixth Super Bowl title. This is going to be his eighth Super Bowl he's participated in. It is not even close. It is hands down. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. I did also hear Tom Brady is the greatest athlete of all time, whatever. Now, I actually received an email this week. Didn't have a return name on it, so I can't tell you who it was from. But I received an email this week that said, you have to admit now Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. No rational person can argue against Tom Brady as the greatest quarterback of all time. Okay, well, uh, here we go. First off, let's talk about that greatest athlete thing of all time. We've mentioned it here on the dose before, but just as a rule of thumb, if you run like a water buffalo that is 14 months pregnant, you can't be the greatest athlete of all time. Okay. Let's get that on the table immediately. I can't compare you to a Jackie Robinson or a Bo Jackson or a Deion Sanders or even Michael Jordan when you run like the scarecrow from the Wizard of Oz. Okay. So let's just eliminate that. Greatest athlete of all time. Greatest competitor, greatest winner, great, most decorated quarterback of all time. Yes, yes, he can absolutely be that. Greatest athlete of all time, now you're being silly. Because I cannot run him in the 50-yard dash, okay? Just throwing that out there. But let's get to the greatest quarterback thing, which we're going to get flooded with over the next few weeks and months and years. Why is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time? There's no argument now. He has the most Super Bowls of anyone, so he has to be the greatest quarterback of all time. There's no argument. Remember what he said. No rational person can argue against Tom Brady as the greatest quarterback of all time. Yet he or she, whoever this is from, apparently doesn't know me very well. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Tom Brady being the greatest quarterback of all time. And I know this might not be a very popular thing, but we're going to dive into it anyways. Okay, so if we get into this, why is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time? What is the answer? Well, he has the most Super Bowls. Come on. Hello? He has the most Super Bowls, moron. Okay, okay, I hear you. So that is the ultimate deciding factor, right? In greatest quarterback of all time, it's championships. That's it. Titles are what count, son. Hello? It's all about the titles. More titles, better quarterback. Less titles, worse quarterback. That's it. That's all. That's what it comes down to, right? 
That's what we're going to hear. That's what we're hearing already. That's what we've been hearing for the last few years. It is all about rings. It is all about titles. Let's ignore for a minute that Autogram actually had more. Those don't count. We know that. We only count the ones that help our argument. So we're going to brush Autogram to the side. And let's also ignore for a minute that there are 32 other people on the field that can make or break a quarterback in these games. With his offense, his defense, and his special teams, there are a number of other people that help you win or lose games in football. Let's also ignore the fact that in two of Tom Brady's biggest Super Bowl wins, the most important plays were plays made by Dante Hightower and Malcolm Butler. We'll toss all that aside too, okay? We're just going to ignore all that stuff. Like, we're going to push that all aside. Let's just focus on the idea that one Super Bowl is better than zero Super Bowls, right? Two Super Bowls is better than one. Three is more than two and five is more than four. And whatever silliness that is, that is now widely considered an accepted argument of why one quarterback is better than another, isn't it? Why is Tom Brady the greatest? He has five. He could have six or seven. Montana only had four. So five is more than four. Four is more than three. You, that's the argument, right? Like, I'm not going to go out on a crazy limb here, am I? That is what the argument is. Five is more than four. Four is more than three. Three is more than all the way down, right? Okay, so here's what I have for you. Based on that logic, let's think about a few other truths that must be true. Because if that is true, Brady's five or possibly six, maybe seven, is more than Montana's four or Bradshaw's four or whoever we want to put in there. We have a few other truths that must be universally true. Are you ready? Here's a few truths that we know. Tom Brady has five Super Bowl wins. He's played in seven. He's about to play in his eighth. He could have six Super Bowl wins. That's better than Joe Montana, who only had four, right? Or Terry Bradshaw only had four also, right? Okay. Based on that truth, here's a few more truths. Terry Bradshaw is better than Ben Roethlisberger because four is more than two, right? I mean, that makes sense, right? You with me so far? Okay. Troy Aikman is a better quarterback than Roger Staubach because Troy won three, Roger only won two. Yeah, struggling with that just a little bit because I know what Aikman had on his team and I know what Staubach had on his team and uh, I'm not sure about that. Okay, here's another one for you. Jim Plunkett is a better quarterback than Ken Stabler. Plunkett won two Super Bowls. Stabler only won one. Well, I mean, Stabler was getting beat by those Pittsburgh Steelers teams. They were like widely considered to be the greatest teams of all time. Not sure if that makes sense. Okay, let's go a little bit deeper with these truths that we know to be true, right? Here we go. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl, so he must be a better quarterback than Dan Marino. Dan Marino lost one. One is more than zero, right? Jeff Hostetler must be a better quarterback than Fran Tarkington because Jeff Hostetler won one. Tarkington lost four. I mean, that's an easy win. We know that losing a Super Bowl is a huge fail. Tarkington lost four. Hostetler's way better than Tarkington. Not even close. You might not agree with this one, but I can prove it. Trent Dilfer is a better quarterback than Warren Moon. Hey, you want to argue? You can't. I got the stats. Dilfer won Super Bowl 35. Moon never even made it to a Super Bowl. Argue all you want. I've got the facts on my side. Okay, now here's where it's going to get a little dicey, okay? We're going to go into like some weird territory here. Tom Brady has won five Super Bowls. Might end up being six. Might end up being seven. We don't know. Eli Manning only won two. But Eli Manning is undefeated against Brady in the Super Bowl. He's beaten Brady twice. So actually, Eli Manning is better than Brady. Now, you might say I'm crazy. But again, I've got the facts. Argue with the truth, people. I have the facts. Okay, let's move on from these truths. Let's move on from the two is more than one and three is more than two nonsense, which I think we can all agree that stuff doesn't really make sense. 
We pretend like it makes sense. Brady's got five. He's the best. It really doesn't make that much sense when we look at some of these other situations, does it? Let's just look at this. Let's look at conditions and situations. Archie Manning was a phenomenal football player. He was a phenomenal quarterback and an excellent quarterback that had done some great things in college. We've seen what his two sons have done. Manning was drafted by the New Orleans Saints in 1971. At the time, the Saints were one of the worst franchises in the entire league at that time. The Saints weren't just bad. Like, they were Cleveland brownish bad if you compared them to today's game. Manning had no help around him. He was basically a Christian being led to the Lions every single week, and he got eaten alive. Archie Manning went 35-101 and as a starter. Somehow, he still managed to get vote to the Pro Bowl, not once but twice, but he was in a can't-win situation in New Orleans. Now, what if Archie Manning had been on a better team? What if he had any help whatsoever? Maybe he would be one of the greats, but instead, he isn't in that conversation at all whatsoever. What if we were to drop, say, an Archie Manning onto these New England Patriots teams? What could he do? And Archie Manning isn't one of the greats. What if we did something else? What would, say, Joe Montana do on these New England Patriots teams? What would John Elway or Johnny Unitas do playing in that Belichick offense with today's rules in a watered-down league? Forget those guys, because some of those guys won titles. Let's not do that. What would Dan Marino do in this era of flinging the ball all over the place where you can't touch the receivers or the quarterback? How many titles would Dan Marino win with this Patriots team playing for Bill Belichick? I got news for you. It'd be a bunch. And on the flip side, let's flip this. What would Tom Brady do playing in a mid-80s Dan Reeves offense in Denver? What if Tom Brady was playing for the 70s New Orleans Saints? Because I have a sneaking suspicion it wouldn't be five or six or seven titles. It might not be five or six or seven seasons. Because I saw the physicality those guys had to deal with. And we saw when you could push their receivers around and after the ball was thrown, you could pile drive the guy's head into the turf and not even get a flag, let alone a fine or a suspension or what they get now. Hey, it takes so many people to have success in a game where 22 players are on the field at once. Who is the greatest quarterback of all time? I don't know. And you know what? Neither do you. It's all subjective. Is Tom Brady in the conversation? Of course he is. But so is Marino, and he never even won a Super Bowl. So is Joe Montana, who won four. So is John Elway, who won two and went to five. So is Johnny Unitas. So is Peyton Manning, Dan Fouts, Fran Tarkington, Roger Staubach. But don't give me this without a doubt crap and tell me I can't logically argue against Brady. Because I just did. Hey, tomorrow is Friday, and of course, we will be looking at the latest sports news and stories, and we will be looking forward to the weekend in sports. I realize we're not going to have any NFL and we're not going to have any college football. Trust me, we'll still find something for you to waste your time watching this coming weekend. And of course, as we do every single Friday, we will have our Daily Dose Top 5. You know you've got to tune in for that. I have to say thank you so much for listening to the Daily Dose every day. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for the questions and the suggestions. And yes, even thank you to the emailer who said I couldn't logically argue against Tom Brady as the greatest quarterback ever. Oh, yes, I can. It is all very, very appreciated. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a wonderful Thursday.